Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Little Green Pasture. I thought I'd stop in for just a few minutes. I'm still recovering, but I got really, really sick. And I'm still, like I said, <laughs> trying to get through. But I started to feel a little bit better the last couple of days. And I wanted to be here because I love all of you so much. And I just wanted to be with you. And this whole time that I've been sick, just so sick, I've been in the hands of the Lord. Though I felt so terrible, my inward man was communing with the Holy Spirit, with the Lord. And it's such a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's never good to get sick. None of us like it. But... If he allows it, he'll carry us through. Amen. Father in heaven, it is to you I pray. It is to you I lift up my voice. To you, Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, for the strength that you've given me today. Lord, that I with your joy, with pure joy, Lord, can be here. And that I could be a vessel that pours forth the ointment of your name, like a balm in Gilead. For there's no other name that comforts like yours, and saves like yours, and protects like yours. And so now, Lord, I ask that you be with me. I have no notes today. I rely completely on you. And wherever the rivers flow, let them flow. For your name's sake, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, like I was just saying a second ago, you know, when I got really sick, I was like, well, here it goes. I was so glad I made the last video. But the whole time you were on my heart, all of you were on my heart. And Jesus knows that. You know, just today I was reading in Luke chapter 2 about those shepherds at night. The night of Christ's birth. And these didn't say how many, it just said shepherds. And there they were in the night in the open field outside with the sheep. And these angels heralded the birth of Jesus Christ. Peace on earth unto you this day in the city of David. A child is born, bringing the prophecy of Isaiah 9-7 to pass. And they said, peace on earth and in heaven. No, peace on earth and goodwill something like that. You know, I'm sick. So, so, and in heaven, goodwill toward men. And I thought about that today. And I said, Lord, the shepherds at night went to see you at night and they went forth to tell the thing that they saw the Lord. And they proclaimed a new day. Those first messengers were shepherds. 
And I just glorified the Lord in that. And I thought, shouldn't we all be those little shepherds that watch at night and proclaim the coming day? I think so. Some things that happened to me, I'll share another time, that I saw the mighty hand of God move. I mean, this was quite a week for me. It was actually jam-packed. <laughs> but I want to share a dream that I had with you. I had it three nights ago. I didn't think I'd share it, but I wanted to think about it. And I'll just go ahead and tell it. In my dream, I was with the man that's mostly with me. In any dream I've had, and most of the dreams that have been given to me from the Lord, there is a man with me. He's not the focus of the dream. I'm not looking at him, but I, I, I see him in my periphery. And I'm in a town nearby me, and I'm wa we're walking down the sidewalk, and I'm wondering why I'm in this town. And all of a sudden, we came to this beautiful hotel that I know does not exist. But this is a dream. By the way, if you hear sawing and buzzing and crashing, that's because right next door, they're demoing an apartment. And I wear these on purpose because I live in such a small environment. It shuts the noise out so I can focus on the things I'm, I'm wanting to say. So anyway, sorry if you hear that. That's the noise. Back to the dream. So we're walking and it's quiet and we come to this beautiful hotel and it's something that looks like it's brand new. It's just so beautiful. It's and and we go into it and I'm wondering why are we going into this hotel? And so we're moving from room to room. We don't go upstairs into the, any of the other places, but downstairs we're moving through the lobby and we're moving and in the lobby there was it was filled up with all these people everybody looked dressed in very nice clothing and they were having wine and they were talking amongst themselves in groups or there it was very social and then we move into another lounge area and you see the same thing and there's people having cocktails and there's wine glasses and they're eating expensive food and then we go through the bar and I'm looking at the people at the bar and there wasn't sleazy bar, but it was like kind of upscale and everybody's having these expensive looking drinks and they're drinking wine and and we kept moving through different parts of it. So everywhere we went was just socializing people that were enjoying the finer things in life and they had no care in the world. They they looked like they were well to do and um successful and i just and so i said to the man with me i said i just want to go i don't want to be here there's like no reason why i need to be here and so i saw a door that went out into this like garden and it was this beautiful garden and it was like very contemporary because this whole hotel was very contemporary and i mean it was just beautiful like very california style and I go out there in the same thing and there's people lounging in nice lounge chairs and at tables and and of course there's more cocktails and people are chatting among themselves. And I said, I just, I don't belong here. I said, I just want to go. And there was a gate outside of the back of where we were standing in this little 
patio garden. And I opened the gate and right across the way was this big church and the, they had these big double doors. I, they looked like they were like nine feet tall doors. There were these big double doors and they were both opened and they opened outward. And I, I'm standing right there because I, I walked outside into there was an open field between the door. Uh, so the open door of the gate, the open gate. I step out. There's an open field, a small one. And then there was this church. And then looking in, I'm like, what is that? And I saw, it's hard to explain, but I'll do my best. It was all dark inside, but inside of there, it looked like a, like a, you know how a tornado spins like this, right? And you can see the lines and it's spinning and it's swirling up like that, right? So it was fire. But it wasn't an earthly fire. But you know when something is on fire, but it's burning by like, say, gas or, you know, like those kind of gas fires. It's not like a natural fire, but it's a fuel that's causing it to like just burn. But it wasn't, it was, looked like it was like just some kind of a crazy spiritual pillar of fire and it was burning on the inside and it was outside of it i mean if i could put it in sorry keeps itching my nose sorry um but i would think it's something that looked like nebuchadnezzar throwing the boys into that fire because outside of the doors like but nothing was burning but it wasn't god's fire it was a wicked satanic devouring fire because it was in the blackness and this fire was just burning in it and and but yet there was this like glow of this spiritual glow of the fire and it was spilling outside of the doors and it was making a horrible noise i can't even know how to repeat it but like this powerful burning noise and i said we've got to go back in because it, I knew it was, even in my dream, I knew it wasn't some kind of an earthly fire. I said, whatever that fire is, I said, we, I got to run back and warn everybody. And so I ran back in through that gate. And somehow I knew that everybody that was in that hotel and all the lobby and the bar and the lounging places and the garden and everything and everybody had something to do with that church like there was some kind of a connection that's the best way i could put it and so i ran the gate open with my hand and i'm screaming at the top of my lungs and i'm saying there's a fire coming run and i'm running through every room it was like i might have been might as well have been invisible and i might as well have been silent like a spirit because i was screaming to everybody and in a way all the rooms are kind of tight packed so it's not like I was in big areas where people were like whatever that is I mean I'm in like a rooms this small like you see tight with little tables and stuff so I'm screaming and no matter what I did I was screaming nobody would even look at me no one even paid attention to me and I screamed through every room until I got back to the front door from where we entered in and I just stopped and I I knew that fire was coming and it was going to absolutely 
devour. It was not an earthly fire, but it was a fire. It looked like a fire from hell and nobody listened. And so I stood there just looking at everybody like this. And the man motioned to me quietly to go. And we went out and he shut the door and I woke up. Well, that doesn't need any interpretation. You know, there's things that God does all the way to the very end. And he warns people. And through us, he warns. And I have been looking a little bit here and there about what's going on. Since I've been getting better, there's more I'm looking at what's happening. I, I understand what's happening with the seven-day peace plan that's coming seven-year peace plan that's coming at the UN with Israel and the embassy now in Saudi Arabia and and things that are happening. And I'm watching this while I'm sick and I don't have the strength to like prepare notes or do things. And I really didn't want to do that today. I just didn't. I just want to come to you and I want to talk sister to sister, sister to brother. And I just, and I believe God allowed me to get sick. Not that he likes it when we're sick, but like I said, he was communing with me the whole time. And, and I guess, let me see what time it is because I don't want to spend a whole lot of time. So this also, I wasn't going to share this, but I'm going to add this because it's going to go into what I'm saying. I really didn't want to, but I'm going to. So right before I got sick, I got called for federal jury service, which is way in L.A. It's like 80 miles away. We have one car. I'm getting sick. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I felt like I was being attacked by the enemy. I mean, it was just so gnarly. But yet at the same time, something inside of me felt like just hold your ground, Joni, just hold your ground. And I just kept my peace. And so I had sent for an ex, you know, a excusal letter because it's different um, when it's federal. A judge has to look at your excuse and he decides. It's not like county. And so I was so sick I could barely even pray. I was that sick. I was like, I, I said, Lord, I can only pray in my mind. I said, you've got to help me. I said, I don't, I don't know what to do, you know, and then I sent that in and I called like a day or two later and it said, your, uh, your excuse has been denied. And I, I felt so, you know, being sick makes you feel like a whole a lot worse. And, you know, I just broke down and I thought back about another time in my life that I had to, that a, the Lord spoke to me when my son was in trouble and a, a situation with a judge and I was granted this amazing favor. Many of you know the story, but some other time, that's another, another day. And I brought back into my mind in just this restful, quiet way that I can only do. I said, Lord, I said, this is the kind of thing that I would typically stand up and, and deliver, deliver a prayer punch somewhere. I said, but I have the power to do it. I can only lay here and in my mind barely think. 
in prayer to you. And some days went by and I felt the enemy pressing on me and pressuring me. What are you going to do if? What are you going to do if? And there was one day I sat there sick and it was the middle of the day. And I said, Lord, I said, I'm too tired to fight. I said, if it brings you glory, I'll do whatever you want because you are the judge. Your word says, by me, kings reign and princes decree justice. All ruler, all nobles, yea, even all the judges of the earth. And I remembered that and I said, Lord, you are the judge of judges. I said, I pray you bring my judgment to light. You judge upon it, Lord, but I surrender it to you. And from what I was understanding, it was pretty much a miracle to be excused. But I just humbled myself and I said, if it glorifies you. And 30 minutes later, I got a letter from the judge's clerk that said, and it was very nice. Um, we, the judge has looked at your petition and he's granted you your request. And you know, I sat there because it meant so much more to me than me being delivered from having to go through something like that, which would have been impossible for me to get up there and John would have had to take off work and, and then they would have made me stay up there for eight days with a hotel voucher in dangerous LA by myself. There was all these things, but I bowed the knee to him and then he let me, the Lord judged judged it. And so where am I getting with these things? You're asking, okay, you're telling us this dream, but now you're telling us how the Lord had you as the judge. I'm telling you this because what the Lord was meeting these two together was, see, the, the Lord is always going to judge, uh, warn all the time. And I believe with all my heart, mostly most of the warning is already done. And, and he's coming to judge. See, the Lord was showing me in real time. Yes, I was, my heart was palpitating. I was getting scared and I was all over the place. But he showed me that he is the judge, that Jesus Christ is coming again. And we know this. And, you know, I think that we hear that so Billions of times a day, Jesus Christ is coming again. Jesus Christ is coming again. But to those of us who are waiting for him, those words are music to our ears and we are waiting for him. I mean, we are waiting for him. We're not just saying, yeah, Jesus Christ is coming again. No, we're waiting for the Lord. You know, all those people I was warning, obviously that represents the people of this world, because in my dream, they had something to do with that church. Like they were members of that church, but they were over here. and The church was on in some satanic fire. And we just quietly left. The Lord wants us to start seeing him more and more as the judge. I, you know, Leonard Ravenhill, in one of his sermons, 
he would get so upset because he said, all of you, all of the people of the church, it's always Jesus, Jesus, meek, meek and mild. He said, he's not, he's not just meek and mild. He's, he's a great king. He's coming again. He's coming to judge and he's coming to make war. He's coming again. And he's coming again. And that group of people that I saw represented people that are not looking for him. They're not, they're done hearing. They are of this world. They're of this land, this present evil world. I was speaking with somebody today and I was talking about waiting for the Lord. And, you know, by now over 2000, it's been 2000 years, little over. And so all this Christian speaking and Christianese and these Christian things that we say to each other, but we serve a holy God. We serve a holy God. And he's fine tuning you and he's fine tuning me and he's fine tuning everybody. I know it because if he's doing this with me, I'm nothing special, but he's getting us all ready for heaven. Let me give you a little example. And he just did this with me. You know how there are certain situations in your life, maybe somebody had did something to you, but you're you, in your mind, you're like, I'm totally, and you, you really are like, you're clear about it. Like, I, I, yeah, that happened to me. That person did that to me. And, or those people did that to me. And, and maybe you bring it up right? Just to maybe you're in a conversation and you'll say, yeah, that's right. Let me tell you, there were some people I knew back in the day or this person I knew and boy, did this person do this and this to me. And it's not that you're even speaking bad about that person. You're just relating into a subject that is at hand that you're discussing in a godly conversation. And I, I, I find myself once in a while bringing up certain people or a person. And I, and it was a few days ago before I got sick and I brought that up in just a run of the mill conversation. And then after I hung up, I went outside and my laundry room is downstairs. And when I was coming back, as I was going up the stairs, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me while I'm opening my door and walking through. Did Joseph ever mention Potiphar's wife? And I said, no. He said, did Daniel ever bring up those 120 principal men uh, from the provinces and those those uh, 120, you know, like governors over the provinces and those three principal men of what she was part of. Did he ever say anything about them after he got out of the furnace? And I said, no, Lord, but that's all he said to me. See, all of us like to go and say, Lord, we are ambassadors into your throne. But do you realize what a holy throne that is? You know, when we see an ambassador, that is like looking at the king himself. 
he is in place of the king. He's not the king. He's a viceroy. But he walks with an air. He has a stature. He has an, an appearance. He has a way he speaks and the way he moves. And he stands out. And, and if he's that kind of man or woman, you're looking at somebody who's different from the multitudes. Because when you see that man or woman ambassador from a, a nation, you're seeing that ruler. And our ruler is Jesus Christ. He is Lord of heaven and earth of the skies and of the seas and all things therein. And he is holy and he wants holy people. And he's not interested in us trying to make ourselves holy, but to have him make us holy. And I fully believe our unholiness, our ungodliness, which makes us unholy is because we haven't really realized with that revelation that whoever's seeing you working, living, your people you live with, people you live next door to, even your enemies. It's not what are they seeing, it's who are they seeing. And your holy that holiness will be tested. But you know something? Holiness is what God is. Yes, I don't feel good. And I'm hoping that all these things are speaking to you though. I told the Lord, what difference does it make if I don't feel good? Your people know the joyful sound. And there's all this work, you know, trying to work to be holy. Trying to work at preparing for the Lord. Jesus wants you to be ready in your heart. Can you be ready in your heart? Because people that are waiting for the Lord are ready in their heart. While they live always looking for him unto them that look for him. I know this has to do with the second coming unto them that look for him. Will he return unto again, them again the second time without sin unto salvation? But I say to myself, but we're looking for you, Lord. Your people are waiting for you. And in our hearts, whatever they're doing all over the world right now, we're looking for him. Waiting for him in our hearts where he lives because we know it's time and another thing that's been happening to me while I've been down a flood of all my dreams have been coming back all the years all those dreams of the Lord showing me things that were are going to happen are happening now I've seen them come to pass but I'll leave you with one but before I do, let me just say this in finishing about working so hard. See, God 
that's God doesn't want that. That's un, that's not that's unnatural to Jesus when he was on earth. It should become unnatural to us at some point because it's not about overwork but of overflow. And rest is service. And it's not the rest where you're like, well, I'm just going to kick back and let the Holy Spirit just do it all. It's like, no, I always say every day, sing, pray, pray, sing, read every day. Never stop. It's like birds. Do they stop singing? They never even stop singing in the night. And this little bird is neither. So remember, you're resting on his finished work. You're resting on his word. You're resting on his judgments because he is a judge and that judge is coming back. He is coming back. Here's the dream and then I'm going to go. And it means so much to me today because the time is so short. Some of you have heard it before, but even still, it's good to hear it again. In my dream, I saw myself running. I am not a runner. I was a marathon runner. And I was in this big country where it was the open fields and in the far distance forests. And I saw people, a man to my right, he was a little bit behind me right here. He was an older man. He looked like he was in his late 70s. And there was someone to my left. And I knew that there was people behind me because I kind of looked like that. All of us were running, but it was like, you know, the marathoners at the very end, they're bearing down. And that's what we were doing. We were bearing down each man and woman in his own race. And I remember in my dream, I was like, I was my, I, I could feel my legs were burning and I'm running and every footstep was a bearing down of all my power and all my strength just to make another step. And then I saw the sun was setting. And as I looked at the sun, I saw the sun. It looked like it was like at the four o'clock mark. And I heard the Lord say to me, you see that little house in the distance? And it looked like it was this big and it was way in the distance. And the sun was setting right over that little house. When you get to that little house, when you get to that house, your race will be finished. And right then, I knew that the people with me heard that too, because as soon as I heard that, there was a more of a force from my central man, my inward man, that bared down like, this is it now. This is it. And every, and I remember I went in and we, and I looked at the people next to me and their heads were bowed and they were every, it was like the very last ounce of our strength. We were again, pressing down, pushing in. And the best words I keep saying repetitively, I'm sorry. I can't think of another word, but we were bearing down because I knew that the distance was not commensurate with the time of that going down. But I believe Jesus would never have said that to me if it were not possible. And I think to myself, I don't care that I'm sick. I only care that I finish my race. 
I don't care about any of these things that are happening to this earth because Jesus already told us it would happen. If you're a student of prophecy, you should be rejoicing. Yes, it's sad. Yes, it's horrible. Yes, it's terrible. It's beyond anything any of us could have ever imagined. We could never have imagined everything that wasn't written. But you know what? That little house that Jesus showed me represented our home in heaven. And that day, the day, is almost done. Bear down, saints. Bear down. Put your head down. And you get there. And the Holy Spirit will give you power to do it. And we will make it home together. Amen. God bless you. See you soon.